Yeah, welcome back to Count It right here on Points Bet USA. I'm your host, Kazim Famuide, back in the friendly confines of the New York studio. Appreciate y'all for rocking with me all week long while I was traveling the world, traveling the country, doing WrestleMania stuff. But I'm back. The playoff push is here. The NCAA tournament is over. And all roads lead to the Larry OB. So you know what time it is. Last night, lots of NBA action to get into with lots of playoff implications. And even the games without playoff implications had a lot of interest in them. So what I'm going to do is go through some of last night's games, starting with the Battle of Los Angeles. Now, for the past four, five-plus years that Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, Anthony Davis – we're in the, I was going to say the Staples Center, but the Crypto.com arena. There haven't been many games of true consequence that the teams have really played against each other. But last night was very, very different. In fact, it could be argued that last night was one of the most important Laker versus Clippers games in NBA history. Why is that? You look at the playoff standings right now in the Western Conference between the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Lakers with two games left in the NBA schedule. Both of those teams are separated by only one game. Surprising enough, when you look at the Golden State Warriors, who have yet to really have any sort of road dominance for an NBA defending champion, and the Los Angeles Lakers for as bad as they looked in the beginning of the year with the chance to not only avoid the play-in, but to make the top six playoff seedings. It really didn't seem like it was something that was very likely earlier this year, but that's the position that the Lakers found themselves against the Clippers last night. And what happened? Norman Powell happened, and Kawhi Leonard, of course. The Clippers defeating the Lakers 125-118. And the score wasn't really as close as, I mean, the game wasn't really as close as the score made it seem. The Clippers were in very much in control, especially the first half. Uh, The second half, though, the Lakers made a little bit of a comeback, making it a little bit uh, more uh, competitive than it used to be. But the Lakers went absolutely cold in the second quarter, scoring only 21 points. And that seemed to be really the death knell for the Los Angeles Lakers, who had a chance to get and hold the five seed with only two games left in the regular season. They they were full. They were full bear, too, outside of a, a few players. LeBron James, 35 35 minutes, 33 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Anthony Davis, 17 points, 11 rebounds. The revelation known as Austin Reeves continues to show out with 20 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. But it just wasn't enough because the Clippers weren't just playing hard. They were playing hard for the former Laker Russell Westbrook. Bones Highland, a player that the Clippers acquired at the trade deadline from the Denver Nuggets, went on record in saying that for the last two days they were preparing very hard to win this game. Obviously, it's not like you don't prepare hard for every game, but they especially wanted this game, especially for Russell Westbrook. Now, if you remember when Russell Westbrook was on his way out of uh, the Laker faithful, there were some stories that floated around. There were reporters that called him a vampire and saying he sucked the energy out of the team and all this other nonsense. But I'll say this. When Westbrook did leave the Lakers, the Lakers did start to play a little better. On the contrary of that, 
the Clippers have gone on record in saying how great of a teammate Russell Westbrook has been. And it always struck me as odd that that went out there because anybody who has had anything to say about Russell Westbrook as a teammate has always given the utmost respect and praise to him. And that's exactly what the Clippers did and have been doing ever since he arrived on the scene for the Los Angeles Clippers. Anthony Davis said, our plan was to let Russell Westbrook shoot. And Russell Westbrook shot. And made those. Didn't really necessarily kill, but he did have 14 points in 21 minutes. Kawhi Leonard morphing back into playoff Kawhi, a sight that nobody in the Western Conference would want to see uh, coming into the spring. But he dropped 25 points, seven rebounds, four assists. It's hard to argue how many players have had LeBron James's number over the years more than Kawhi Leonard. But that continues to be the case as the Clippers beat the Lakers for the 11th straight Time. Sixth man of the year uh, candidate, Nor- uh, I'm sorry, Norman Powell. I almost said Noel Powell. That's weird. Norman Powell dropped 27 points off the bench. He did. He, it seemed like he just could not miss yesterday. Absolutely balled out. Eight for 15 from the field. Incredible game from him. And they also got some help from Bones Highland. Probably his best game as, his cl- as a Clipper in his young career. 14 points. Four assists, two rebounds off the bench. And Ivan Zubak, 17 points, 13 rebounds for the Clipper big man. Now, there's two games left in the schedule. And as it stands right now, these teams are separated by one game apiece. The Suns take on the Lakers tomorrow night. And they end the season against the Utah Jazz at home. Meanwhile, let's let's take a look at the Clippers' schedule. The Clippers have the Trailblazers, who probably have shut down Dame Lillard for, Dame Lillard, Damian Lillard, holy hell, for the season, and uh, the Phoenix Suns, who are locked into a playoff position, so they might not necessarily play for anything or play any of their starters. So going to be very interesting between those three teams, three of the more popular teams in the NBA with players who have won championships, who have uh, a lot going for them, it's going to be very telling which one of them manages to miss the play-in and stay in the playoff race. Uh, LeBron James said wherever they land, uh, they'll be ready to go. Doesn't matter. I mean, and honestly, if you're in the play-in and you're say, I don't know, let's see who's the 10th team right now. Uh, let's say you are the Oklahoma City Thunder. Would you want to see LeBron James, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, those guys in the playing situation away on the road? Probably not. That being said, it'll be really interesting to see if, you know, that matchup against the Grizzlies. When you talk about a young team who, despite all the controversy, is still playing some great basketball, going up against a veteran team who might have their best shot at winning a championship in uh, LeBron's uh, later years right now. So if they stay at the seventh seed, very interesting, very, very interesting. It's like the top of the Western Conference is full of young teams that are very good without a ton of playoff experience. And the bottom tier of that Western Conference is full of championship-level teams with championship-level players with the opportunity to make those seedings look obsolete within the first round. So, that being said, it's going to be a hell of a finish to the regular season. Still a whole lot to play for, despite the season being two games left. But uh, we'll see 
how the West is won. Let's take it over to the Eastern Conference. My New York Knicks had the best-case scenario happen to them yesterday. No Jalen Brunson, no Julius Randle, no R.J. Barrett. The New York Knicks firmly locked into the fifth seed. The only thing you want to see if you're a New York Knick is young players getting burned, young players playing well, and young players staying healthy. You got all three yesterday. The young trio of Emmanuel Quickly, a possible six-man of the year, Quentin Grimes, second-year stud shooting guard, and Obi Toppin, electric power forward, backing up Julius Randle, who was also a lottery pick, all had 30 or more points only the third time a Knicks trio has ever pulled off this feed. Let me look at some of these numbers because it was an absolute showcase of the Knicks front office. And I said this many times. I understand it. It's the Pacers. The Pacers aren't necessarily world beaters. They're pretty much counting down to Cancun. I get it. But what you want to do when you're going into the playoffs is see how well your role players and your bench players and your others are playing while your star players are getting the rest. If you're a Knicks fan and you watched that matchup against the Indiana Pacers last night, you couldn't have felt happier about what you've seen. Emmanuel quickly, every single time he has gotten the opportunity to start a basketball game this year, he has absolutely shown that he is one of the more young, exciting guards in the entire NBA. 39 points, 9 assists. Six rebounds for Quick. Quentin Grimes, who's been absolutely coming on strong as of late. I mean, he's somebody who can truly be a wild card for this New York Knicks team. If he continues to play as good as he's played the last four or five games, where he's averaged over 22 points per game and shooting 45% from the three-point line, the sky might be the limit for the New York Knicks team if they stay healthy. 36 points five assists, six rebounds, and let me make sure I get his steals right because I know he was D'ing up as well. Uh, Four steals, five steals as well. My goodness, an absolute gem of a game for the Houston, Texas product. And Obi Toppin, I mean, you know a lot of players have alter egos in the NBA. We got untucked Kyrie when his jersey's untucked. We got Hoodie Mello when we saw those hoodies when he was working out in the summer. And I think we got to start talking about springtime Obi because it's something about when it hits March or April when Obi Topper reminds everybody he was a lottery pick. He was one of the, he was the college player of the year coming out of Dayton, Ohio, and he's only had the, the small misfortune of playing against a resurgent power forward having an all-star season two over the last three years. But he showed he is very capable in this league when given the right amount of time. 32 points, six assists, three rebounds, and a step-back three that looked absolutely stunning, and I've never seen him make a shot like that in my life. But it wasn't just him. Mitchell Robinson, 14 points, 16 rebounds. Josh Hart, I mean, what more can you say about this guy, the ultimate glue player, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 points. Um, I mean, it was an absolute showcase for that young Knicks team. And uh, if you're a Knicks fan, really excited about seeing what these guys can do in the playoffs. You look at the last time the Knicks were in the playoffs. You look at the roster that they had. You see that they went in there with Alfred Payton starting that point guard, but Derrick Rose 
really uh, stepping in and being the guy. You had Alec Burks starting games. You had Reggie Bullock starting games. You had Nerlens Dowell at center. Yeah, you had a young R.J. Barrett. And yeah, you had Julius Randle, who was the most improved player of the year that year. But you got to feel good about this Knicks team because they looked so much more improved. That bench depth is going to be key. And they're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers team with a lot of stars. And you're going to need every single one contributing to win in the playoffs. If you get some type of projection, they're obviously not going to have another game when they're all shooting 30 points and, and, and shooting the lights out and Quentin Grimes locking people up, getting five steals. You want to have that. But obviously, it's a little bit of a pipe dream to expect that from players night in and night out. But if you can get this sort of efficient production coming from your bench guys and your fourth or fifth starters, I wouldn't want to see these Knicks in the playoffs, even with that fifth seed starting their game on the road. It's going to be a, a, a hell of a series between the Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. And we got plenty of time to talk about that later on. Not today, but as the playoffs get closer and closer and closer. And speaking of Knicks uh, future opportunities and playoff opportunities, that's what we call a nice little segue here. The Dallas Mavericks are keeping their play-in hopes alive. They beat the Sacramento Kings at full strength, mind you, 123-119. Kyrie Irving, 31 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. Luka Doncic, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Tim Hardaway Jr., 24 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. This is the formula for the Mavericks to win any game. They have been an absolute free fall for the last several games. They finally snapped their three-game losing streak. Uh, and, you know, it's been a rough, rough spring for the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, there was reports of a halftime speech by Jason Kidd that led to a big second-half push. Uh, for the Dallas Mavericks, um, they held them to only 21 points after scoring 44 points in the second quarter. Kyrie Irving put on his Superman cape. And let me tell you this. If you're a Knicks fan, as far as the segue is concerned, the Knicks have a top 10 protected pick from the Dallas Mavericks, which means if the Mavericks end up finishing in anything less than the top 10, the New York Knicks get that draft pick in this coming NBA draft. However, staying in the playing tournament, two of those players, two Hall of Fame players, eventually Kyrie Irving, possibly Luka Doncic. If they aren't going anywhere and they're free-falling, they're in the rough position of having to play hard or knowing that you might not get Kyrie Irving less back next year and you're probably going to need all the help you can get in the lottery to get some help for Luka Doncic. However, if you're Luka Doncic, are you sitting there really trying to wait for ping-pong balls to drop to see if your team's going to be uh, better than they were next year? Just a whole lot of kerfuffles for the Dallas Mavericks, but... They keep the playing hopes alive. They keep the Knicks uh, 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 draft pick hopes alive. Everything is going great if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan. There's no need for concern. Everything is A-okay. Just keep on winning. Just stay in like the 11 to 12 spot. You know what I mean? If you can get one of those 11, 12 playing, 10 to 9 playing spots, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with that. I'd love, I'd, I'd love to take an extra uh, 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 pick 
in the NBA draft. And you know what? I'd like to see the Mavericks in the playoffs, selfishly. I just think uh, two guys like Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, um, and you want to talk about just the keys to making sure these guys win basketball games is getting that third player, which could be Tim Hardaway Jr. If he gets it going, I always say teams that could score always have a puncher's chance. This is the epitome of that. Uh, and who knows, man? Could you imagine Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic taking on LeBron James and Anthony Davis? in the winner-take-all play-in game to go to the playoffs, I want to see it. So let's hope the Mavericks keep things going. A little disappointed from the Sacramento Kings. Really hope that they were going to keep their good thing going, but had some great numbers uh, coming out of that game. Make sure I have these pulled up real quick. Yada, yada, yada. Bada, bada, bada. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, another great game for him. 28 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, 14 points for Kevin Herter. DeMontis Sabonis with a triple-double. 19 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists in 35 minutes. But wasn't enough. Mavericks win 123-119. The Milwaukee Bucks, if you want to win an NBA championship, you will have to go through five serve form. The Bucks wrap up the top seed in the NBA with a win over the Chicago Bulls, uh, 105-92. Bobby Portis said all that needed to be said when it came to the Bucks' playoff hopes and going through the Eastern Conference. Let me tell you something. We've seen in the past several years, especially with the Milwaukee Bucks, how much home court advantage truly is a deciding factor and how good this team could ultimately be in the playoffs. Lastly, the last time they had home court advantage throughout, the Bucks won an NBA championship. The very next year came down to the very, very last minute, and they didn't necessarily have what it takes to advance in the playoffs uh, that season, but... I'll tell you this, with no Giannis Antetokounmpo last night, the Bucs looked absolutely great behind Bobby Portis. And this is the weird thing about the end of the NBA season, right? Lots of bench guys getting the opportunity to really show what they can do. Bobby Portis, another guy who will be in the six-man-of-the-year conversation, 27 points, 13 rebounds. Brooke Lopez, possibly a defensive player of the year, 26 points, 7 rebounds. Drew Holiday, an absolute gem of a game, 20 points, 15 assists, and 8 rebounds, while Jelani Carter dropped 16, 4, and 2. No points from Chris Middleton, which is a little shocking. Uh, didn't really play that much either. Only took three shots, one of them a three-pointer. Uh, and funny enough, he was the second-best player in the last time the Bucks won that NBA championship. But I, one could argue that the supporting cast has improved so much that you may not, not necessarily need prime Chris Middleton for the Milwaukee Bucks to do real damage in the NBA playoffs. Joe Ingles getting his thing going with 99 points. Three assists. While, however, on the Bulls side, Nikola Vucevic, 21 points, 11 rebounds, four assists. Zach Levine adding 13, 5, and 7. DeMar DeRozan putting up a stinker. Eight points, three assists, going three for 12 shooting. Not a great game uh, for DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls, who, I mean, let's be honest, just really trying to finish things off of the NBA season. I mean, they're probably going to be watching ping pong balls at the end of the year. Uh, but they are four. There, they get that tenth seed. They'll be in the play-in with about two games left, and uh, you know, 
The Bucks, the best defensive team in the NBA. They got a MVP candidate. They got great point guard play, and they can shoot the lights out of the ball. If you're not looking at the Milwaukee Bucks as an NBA championship contender and possibly the best team in the NBA, they've been an absolute juggernaut since the end of the All-Star break. I think it's them and everybody else. They got the taste of the title two years ago, and with the top seed in the Eastern Conference, they're hoping to taste that championship champagne one more time. And last but not least, the Pelicans and the Timberwolves are officially locked into the play-in tournament with the Thunder Mavs Jazz fighting for the very last spot with two games left. Pelicans and Timberwolves are in there. There's still a possibility of Zion Williamson being able to come in and help this team. Brandon Ingram has been playing lights out this entire second half of the season. You know how much I love me, Anthony Edwards and the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll see if the return of Carl Anthony Towns can really facilitate some spacing with the addition of Rudy Gobert. But those last three teams with one spot left and two games left in the NBA season, you got the Oklahoma City Thunder, Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a plucky, fun, young team with a bright future and nothing to lose. Probably the most dangerous team out of these three. The Utah Jazz, a team which surprised a lot of pl- people around the NBA with the way they started, not so much how they ended. They got the all-star on Laurie Markkinen. Colin Sexton's been playing really good. However, I also think that as a team with nothing to lose and everything to gain by making it into the play-in tournament. Now, the Mavericks, however, that's where things get interesting. That is a team with absolutely everything to lose. Who knows if Jason Kidd returns if this doesn't uh, shake out right. Who knows if Kyrie Irving wants to remain a Dallas Maverick after the season where he will be a free agent. Who knows if Luka Doncic is happy being a Dallas Maverick. We've seen stars demand trades in the offseason after lackluster seasons and playoffs, and with the ability of not being able to retain star players like Jalen Brunson, like Kristaps Porzingis, and possibly like Kyrie Irving, who knows if missing the play-in tournament will be the catalyst for Luka Doncic, who at one point was the heir apparent to Dirk Nowitzki, to say, I've had enough, I want to go see if the grass is greener on the other side and demand a trade. This is the team that needs that last play-in spot more than anybody. I think the Thunder will be fine without it. The Jazz will be fine without it. If the Mavericks full out miss the playoffs, that will be catastrophic for one of the best franchises in the NBA. Guys, don't go anywhere. I'm giving you my picks. There's only two games left in the NBA season. We got a couple to get into tonight. Don't go nowhere. More counting is coming up right after this. Welcome back to Counter right here on Points Bet USA. It's your boy Kazim Famiwide. Three games on the docket. Two of those teams, I'm not necessarily sure what they're playing for, but one of those games, extremely interesting to the final play in spot first let's start off with the Denver Nuggets taking on the Phoenix Suns the Suns open up as seven point home favorites the over under 224 and a half points Denver Nuggets have locked up the number one seed in the Western Conference Phoenix Suns undefeated with Kevin Durant 
in the lineup. I expect Kevin Durant to play. I expect Kevin Durant to get some rep, some reps in, make sure he's sharp for the playoffs. And I expect the Denver Nuggets not necessarily to play a whole lot of players. This is a team that they could absolutely see in the playoffs the way the seating is set up at the moment. I'm sure lots of coaches like to give a little bit and take a little bit away, maybe do a little bit of a scouting, but not necessarily open up the entire playbook against a potential playoff opponent. The Phoenix Suns, I think they need a little bit more of the seasoning. They need a little bit more of the gelling, especially with how much time Kevin Durant has missed due to that injury. I like the Suns to win outright um, the over-under. It's the end of the season, y'all. Smash them overs. Ain't nobody playing defense. They're trying to get to Tulum. So I'm going to take the over on this one. A whole lot of offense being played. And I think we'll see some big games out of some of those big players from the Phoenix Suns like Kevin Durant. And uh, you know what? I think we get a big Cameron Payne game today as well. Cameron Payne uh, always plays really well uh, against the Denver Nuggets. So... We'll see how that one goes over in the desert. Second game on tonight's NBA docket, the Miami Heat take on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers open up as three-point favorites over under 219.5 points. Now, that line is very small because there's a possibility that we don't see a lot of Joel Embiid tonight. Um, they are locked in their seed. They probably don't want to give a whole lot away to Miami Heat. However, I think the Miami Heat do have a lot to play for. Uh, they still need to really get some continuity with them. So I expect a full Heat squad to be out there playing against the 76ers. And I like the Heat to win this one. I like the Heat to cover the spread and win by more than three points. So I'm taking them on the points. And uh, that over-underline is pretty minuscule. I think if there's no Joel Embiid in there tonight, uh, that line definitely shifts and shifts and shifts lower and lower, especially no James Harden, possibly. And the Miami Heat plays slow as poop. Anyway, uh, so give me the heat, covering the taking the points, and I think I'm going to take the under on these as well. Might be an ugly one, but I think it'll do. Uh, but uh, I still might take the over on this one. Matter of fact, let me get the over on this because end of the season, nobody's playing defense. Nobody cares. That line is pretty small. We're going to see a whole lot of open jumpers, fast break uh, layups, people not necessarily trying to get back on defense. That line is too small for me and not to hit the over at the end of the season. Give me that against the Heat in the 76ers. Now, a game with actual playoff slash play-in implications. The Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the Utah Jazz in Utah. The Thunder are favored by six and a half points. The over-under is 237 points. Like I said in the last segment, three teams – Lie, uh, uh, three teams left in the Western Conference that have an opportunity to take that last 10th play-in spot in the Western Conference playoffs. It's the Thunder, it's the Jazz, and it's the Mavericks who played last night and defeated the Sacramento Kings. I love me some Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You know how much I sing his praises. Um, also, I think uh, Laurie Markkinen. This is a guy who plays with a lot of pride. I think it's going to be a very close game. I'm surprised at how many points that the Utah Jazz are giving up on this spread uh, going into a, a game at home that they probably are going to need. I'm assuming a lot of these Utah Jazz players are going to play above themselves. I'm assuming a lot of these Utah Jazz players are going to think that the Thunder are, are there for the taking and uh, want to take the spot. So I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to take the Utah Jazz outright. 
I don't know if they're going to cover, but I'm going to take them outright, man. Utah Jazz out home, that home court advantage with an opportunity to get into the play-in tournament with less than two games left in the season. Home teams usually play above themselves, especially role players. So I'm going to take Utah, and I'm obviously going to take the over on this one. Uh, it's going to be – actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm taking the over on this one. It's going to be a knockdown, dragout fight for that very last spot in the Western Conference. I think the Thunder eventually get that last spot, but I think the Jazz win this tonight just to make things a little more interesting as we wrap up the 2022-2023 NBA regular season. And we wrap up today's show on Count It. My name is Kazim Famiwide. Thank you so much for kicking it with me right here. It feels so good to be back in the studio, back off the road, back outside the hotel rooms. The playoffs are just around the corner. And if you think you've seen anything from the show, we are just getting started. The games really start to count this time next week, and I can't wait to talk about them all with you. This has been Counting. My name is Kazim Famiwide, and I will catch y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.